Clark came over to me just before we came up, and he said, are you feeling well today? And I said, yeah, I feel, I feel good. I'm blessed. And I think the reason he thought I usually uh, speak up in Sabbath school, I kept quiet. I didn't, I didn't have anything to say today because I think my message will answer some of those questions. And Mike made a statement that uh, uh, this quarter, it's a new quarter, and it, the whole quarter is about unity. And you're right, Mike. And that's what this message is about. It's about unity. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to continue to be with us. Thank you again, precious Savior, for loving us so much and that wonderful promise that you meet with your people. So, Father, we just ask you, I ask you to fulfill the promise that I claimed this morning, that you would be with me and that uh, you would manifest yourself in a very special way. Help us to reflect on your words today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our text, we're talking about the spoken word, our words. And my journey as a Christian over so many years now, I've seen words put families together. I've seen words tear down families. I can't think of anything that's more important than our words that we speak. It's amazing what words will do when we speak words that are anointed by the Holy Spirit. I, anymore, when I, I wake up every morning, I don't ask God. I don't make plans and ask him to bless my plans. I ask him what his plans are and to help me to realize those plans and to operate in those plans. But today, we continue our study. It's a two-part study. Last, last week, we closed it with, a, with a, uh, a true story that was about a governor in Tennessee that he didn't know who his father was. And uh, this concerned him because so, and it, it embarrassed him. So many people was constantly asking him, uh, Young man, who's, who's your daddy? And he didn't know. And one time this pastor, a new pastor came in and visiting pastor and he had the message. And, and again, the pastor said, young man, who's your daddy? He didn't know. And he knew that the members of the church, they knew that he didn't know who his father was. And he said, I, I could just feel all of them, uh, the whole church looking in that direction. He said, I hesitated, and that pastor put his hands on my shoulder, and he looked at him and said, I know who your daddy is. I know who your daddy is. The resemblance is so, so special, so great. Your daddy is God. You're the son of God. And he said, if that pastor hadn't said that to him, he said, I don't know what my life would have been. And uh, he turned out to be the governor of Tennessee. And one of the greatest governors, because as a waitress told this uh, university professor that he would just talk to, he's everyone in Tennessee knows him. It's amazing what words do. I, I used to be in 
I had a business and uh, I, 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 I remember in this business, I would always ask God the words to speak. And I remember that uh, I heard this one man stand up. And the reason I really went out of it, I was prospering. And uh, but this one man, it was in the, it was in nutrition, the vitamin Shackley. You've heard I had twenty something people working, building up fast. But he stood up and he said, "Well, he said, no, thanks Shackley, six days a week." But he said, "Sunday is my, is my far insurance." And I thought, if that's all Jesus Christ is to you, I'm out of this. And he was one of the master coordinators that I would have been working under. Jesus must be more than just a foreign insurance to us. We're now in Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 36. He said, But now I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, he shall give an account of it in, in the day of judgment. And verse 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words I shall be condemned. Now that's a pretty amazing thing. Now let me explain that. This passage. Jesus is now in the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left heaven, he gave up his divinity, and now he's operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees was there and they attributed what he was doing to the devil. They said he does it under the power of Beelzebub, the prince of evil. I make this statement because it's very important. I've heard of people that criticize the conference leaders and those that are not in in the church. I heard of one that criticized our world leader, and I think he's I think he's uh, I think he's anointed by God. We have to realize that. Many, many pastors, hundreds of them, they kneel in prayer before they make the vote to to choose a new world leader. And when you criticize someone like that, in any way, what you're doing, you're condemning, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's a dangerous thing to do. And, and Jesus said in verse 31, And so I tell you that every kind of sin... And slander will be forgiven. But blasphemy against the, the Spirit will not be forgiven by any, not in this time or in the ages to come. Anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. And according to the scriptures, the only one that ever brings us to Jesus is the Holy Spirit. This is a very strange because it is, it says that every idle word that a man speaks, he will give an account. Every idle word that a man speaks, he will give account. Now, the title of this message is the value of words, the value of words. Now, I don't know the exact value of a word, but it must be of our words, but it must be very important because 
God records every one of them. Every one of them. Now, I don't know the recording mess, message that, or mechanism that he used. Some people says everyone has a recording angel. I personally don't think that God needs a recording angel. I think he can remember these things himself. And if you think, and if you think that that would tax his, his mind, uh, to remember 7.7 billion people in this, on this planet today, and all of them that come before or after, if you think that would tax his, his brain, I don't think, I don't think you know enough about God. It, it wouldn't, I don't think it would use 1% of 1% of his, his brain. Because when you become a child of God, it says that he, that he says, I'll remember your sins no more. When you become, now he remembers them up until that time. But when you become a child of God, he remembers them no more. And, you know, it, it's shocking to me. It's shocking to me is that God records every one of them. But you know what? I'm so happy that there is a button called, called grace. Now that should call, except bring an amen out of someone. There, I'm so glad that there is a button called grace because I said some pretty stupid things in my life. And so have you. So words connect us to God. That's the first thing I want you to, to remember. And the second thing is that God connects us to each other. Words connect us to God, to each other. Back to uh Proverbs chapter eighteen twenty one that uh, Mars just read, death and life are in the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The next verse, the next verse, he that finds a wife findeth a good thing, and and obtained favor from God. There's a reason that this text, that these two are beside each other. I believe that God, the Bible is perfect. And I believe that God takes these verses and he places them exactly where he wants them to be. Death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. The way that we connect, the way we connect with, with God is through our words. And the way that we connect with each other is through our words. As a matter of fact, you think about it. Every time that you had a disconnect, words were involved. Go back and remember those. The words. Remember the, what you said? Remember what the, what the other person said. You want a good marriage? Make it with your mouth. Some people have a bad marriage because they, they have a bad mouth. Now, I don't, I don't think there's anyone like that here, but this is a message that God gave me. And I've, I've counseled quite a few people, uh, not so much in this church, but especially in Ohio. And I have some here. We are speaking death over our marriage or we can speak blessings over our marriage. If you speak in death over your marriage, you are speaking death over your family. You're speaking death over your 
finances and you're speaking death over your health. I remember it was this in this county here. It's been a few few years, quite a few years ago, but I was visiting with this couple. And this man started telling me all the faults that his wife had. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it was true or not, but she was terribly embarrassed. And this was not, and I, I had to speak up. I said, you know, you, you're amazing. I seen you. I told that to the wife. And it really, I guess it was a rebuke to him. I said, because you haven't said anything. And I realized that he was speaking death over his marriage. Uh, every word that we speak either speaks of God's plan for our lives or Satan's plans for our lives. Every word we speak is either releasing, releasing love, or it is releasing death. It's the same thing with your marriage. Let me show you. There was a, there was a lady that knocked on my door right after my wife had went into the, in the nursing home and she had Alzheimer's a few years ago and she just went out and this lady knocked on my door and she, uh, was, she'd been calling dollar prayer. That's when I had dollar prayer on the telephone and now it's on Facebook and, uh, she said, I'd like some counseling and on marriage, marital relations she was having. And so I said, well, would you meet me at church? At that time, I just didn't feel right to ask her in. I said, would you meet me with church and bring your husband along? And she did. And when I went over, I went to Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Oh, she loved that. She loved that that says, husbands, Love your wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. She loved that. But then her part come up. And she didn't like that at all. And she proceeded to put him down. And I knew that she was speaking. She was speaking words of death to her marriage. And this did happen. They, they were divorced. I think they're back together now. But they're living without the, without marriage. But the Bible says, Jesus says in verse 26 that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Here Christ is said, he cleanses and washes his bride, the church, with words. He cleanses and washes his bride, the church, with words. I want to ask you, husbands, a simple question. Are you washing and cleansing your wife gently with the word? Or are you sandblasting her? Pastor Sam, there was a time here that I spoke three times a month. Pastor Sam, we, this church was doing well at that time. Clark and Patty and Michael remember but the three churches, I got together. I mean, there was, pastor had three churches. The church was doing so well at Stearns. He, he decided he'd only come one time a month and he would spend his time with the other two churches was having problems at the time. But 
So he would call me quite often and ask me how things were going. He would be with us now on a Wednesday evening. He called me and my wife answered the phone. And she started, and, and, and that, this was before she got sick. This was before my wife got sick. And she started telling him what a wonderful husband she had and how much she loved me. And she used some words that I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't think I was worthy of. And, uh, but she had to tell, so it's like, like we do with the Lord. We love the Lord and we just want to tell everybody about it, I guess. But anyway, he had me the phone and he said, Glenn, tell me something. What do you do? How do you get Bert to love you that much? And I said, Pastor, if you treat them like a queen, they're going to treat you like a king. And then I happened to think, maybe I should have said, Pastor's called washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the word. It's very important. It's very important what you say to, to every person. And it's very important what you say to your spouse. At the end of August, I was in the hospital uh, just a little over a month ago. And uh, Clark and Patty was there. And my two sisters was there. And my the Lord always gives me my messages. And I was telling him what he was impressing me to speak on this subject. And I said, Clark, we have been having prayer every evening for over 20 years. I've been here 24 years in February. It was right after I came. We started praying together. He's my prayer partner. And I said, not one time in over 20 years have I ever heard you say one negative thing about Patty. Always what a special, what a special helpmate that God has given him and how blessed he is. And Clark said, she's perfect. And the next morning he called me and he said, Glenn, I hope your two sisters understood what I'm, t- what I was talking about. He said, only Jesus is perfect. I meant she's perfect for me. And I said, Clark, they knew what you were talking about. But stop speaking death over your marriage if you do. I don't think most of you do. But husbands, think of one thing that they do right. They do well. Think of one thing that they do well and compliment them on that one thing. And if the only thing that you can think that they do well is get up in the morning, just share it and say, you're a good getter-upper. <laughs> say, you're a good getter-upper every morning. I mean, you get up about 10 a.m., and that's just, that's just fantastic. And tell everybody else what a good getter-upper he is. And you know... God has used me in his message. I know that. But he's used you as well. He's used you as well. And I, I'm going to share something with you and I'm going to use myself as this example and I'll tell you why he's used me. Because I had a wife that spoke good things over me before I ever deserved it. Before I ever deserved it. I had a funeral. The first funeral I ever conducted, my pastor called me. I'd only been in the church, oh, maybe four or five years at the time. I was first elder, though. This is a church, probably attendance over four or five hundred. And he called me. He said, Glenn, 
He said, I want you to, would you do a funeral service for me, for me tomorrow? I'd never did this funeral service before. I said, would you give me the text to use? He said, he had the communion the next day, I think it was. And he gave me the text. And uh, a virtuous woman, it's really a virtuous wife is what the text is about. And, and it's in Proverbs 21. But they said that well, this is an elderly lady. They're flying her in from New York City. And uh, they're all Catholic, Roman Catholic. And she's the only Protestant in the family. And she's a member of our church. And they want some, one of us to come up and have the services for her. Well, I went up, but he was wrong on one thing. I was two rooms full. And they all come up and did this. And, and uh, But I did preach on that. And as I read chapter 21 of Proverbs about the virtuous wife, it talks about the husband, and the husband was a church elder, and evidently he was loved by the church. And it goes, but the one the Bible contributes the success to the wife. If you want a good husband, make him with your tongue. Make him with your words. You might, you might have the exact person that you have made with your words. And you might have the exact wife that you've made with your words. It's so important. It's extremely important. The words that we speak, life or death. Especially, speak the words of life in your family. I have seen, I believe, loving parents that really didn't understand, thought they were helping their children, and they destroyed their children. So you'll never amount to anything. You can do better than that. And I have seen the results of that. Allow God to bless us. Speak words, speak, speak words of blessing. Remember, according to God's word, we speak either words of death or we speak blessing. You can allow Satan to come into your family or you can allow the love of God to come into your family. The words you speak is what, what connects us. That's the Bible, friends. That's the Bible. Life or death, it is in the power of the tongue.